0: I put together a message and things just weren't happening and I, I just kind of went back to these reflections that I had and felt that really that's what God wants me to share with you today. So I would just ask that we'd uh, just close our eyes together. Let's pray. Ask God's Spirit to speak to each one of us. Father, it's a great opportunity to be here to, to open up your word and for what you teach and we we share and we're able to share it with others and that somehow your Holy Spirit then puts that together and you work in people's hearts and lives of different ages, different places, different times. And Father, I don't know how you do that, but you do. And somehow you use the foolishness of preaching to do that. Father, I want to pray for each one of us today that our hearts would be open to you. Father, I just pray that our mind would be kind of put away the clutter of the day, whether it's uh, getting ready for the picnic, getting out of the house, or whatever is going on in our own lives, and that we would just... Spend a few minutes, we'd pull up a chair, sit by the lake, and let you teach us this morning. I would just ask you to take a minute and just pray for the person maybe in front of you. Maybe you don't even know them. If you're in the front row, maybe pray for the person in the back row. Then pray for the person on either side of you. Just ask God to open open their hearts to his word today. Father, I thank you for what your spirit is going to do. I pray these things in Jesus' name amen Andrew it looks to me like there's clipboards there and I know Neil said kids are here and so if kids want to come up and grab a clipboard you have something to do during church if, in case you don't want to listen to me but you may want to listen to me too because you're going to help me out how many kids were here and went to VBS? that are here today can help us out with the story of Joseph we got a few we, Andrew we got a couple all right good all right, you make sure you stay honest. Meanwhile, come on up. Don't be afraid. You can come up and grab. Yep, just take a clipboard. There you go. Come on up. You got coloring things, all that. There you go. Well, one of the things I've uh, I learned while I was in Europe, and I, it was one of those things that kind of hits you right across the across the eyes, and it's one of those things that makes it nice to live there, but at the same time makes it hard to live there. And that was people need their downtime. People really put into their schedule uh, their time to reflect and relax. In fact, the first time I bought a a calendar to go through my work day uh, and, and bought it, the first page is vacations. The first page, you had to figure out when your vacation was. Now, that's a little different than our calendars. I don't think we have a place to pick, figure out our vacations a little different. And then I was trying to get a, a, an appointment with a doctor. i had had a sore throat and I really thought it was a, an infection and needed some antibiotics and wanted to get a hold of this doctor that I knew. And I said, well, I can make it at this time and this time and this time. And he goes, no, I, I, I go for my walk at this time during the day. No I, I, no, I do this. And they just need that time. And it's kind of put into their schedule. And it's kind of nice. It's a, it's a good thing. And I think we miss that here. Uh, it's one of the things that I learned when I came back that uh, life is a little bit busier and we miss that. And you know, the psalmist said, one generation will declare your works to the next, will proclaim your mighty acts, I will speak of your glorious splendor and your wonderful works. And then the NIV version even says that meditate on those words. And do we do that? You know, Socrates, uh, 400 years before, before Christ even set foot on the, on the earth, the Um, said the unexamined life is not worth living and yet how many times do we sit back and just take some time to examine what God's doing with us and what he wants us to do as we say around hope the next step what is that next step that God wants us to take what's that next leap or maybe a little baby step but what's he have for you and do we take that time Well, it's July 4th begins and it is the official start of the summer schedule. And, uh, you know, hopefully your life will become a little less cluttered, a few less things. You'll have some, hopefully some good vacation time in there and maybe some time just to sit back and relax as I did at the lakeside and just enjoy some time and see what God has for you next. For me, it's been reflecting on those potholes that Pastor Neil brought up in the past few weeks. I don't know if any of those hit you as you were looking at his messages. And if you're here visiting with us, those are online and I know you can get them. But just different things that come into our life and that can can kind of get us off track, cause some, some damage, cause some problems for us. You know, one of the things I was reminded of is, and Solomon said this, there's nothing new under the sun. As we were looking at uh, Revelation, here were these churches, you know, 2,000 years ago, and yet the same stuff that bothered them hits us today. And the same stuff that was around in Solomon's day hits us today. It's not any different. It's not any different. I've got to move this or I'm going to go crazy because I can't see you folks over in the corner. I know my guys are over there and they're watching me making sure I don't say anything about them. That's why they're here. (laughs) No, I never threaten them with that. Never do. Well, One of the things I learned uh, sitting on the lake one night, it was fairly late and the darkness came. It was one of those clear nights and the stars were just out there shining brightly. Beautiful night. And then as I looked at the service order this week, and I noticed that Indescribable was done. One of the places I worked was a, a beautiful place, Nice, France, on the Mediterranean Ocean. And on Tuesday night, we'd have beach party. And then a couple times a week, we would have groups that came from the United States that would spend the summer. And we would go out and do music, and Indescribable was done. That was one of the songs that we used. And we had a dancer there, Katie, for couple of summers, and she would dance to that. She would do an interpretive dance to that, talking about the stars and God making them. And I can still see her hand going up, as a beautiful ballet dancer would do, uh, putting those stars in the sky, as God did. You know, those stars... I'm not an astronomer, not a scientist, but I remember back to physical science, and I seem to remember that those stars are always up there. They move around a little bit, well, we're moving and all that kind of stuff, but they're always up there, but they only show up in the darkness. And I can remember those moonlit, starlit skies right on the water reflecting over the Mediterranean, those beautiful stars that came out. And God tells us to shine as stars in the universe. Turn with me if you're looking at a Bible that's in your pew or in your seat there, it's on page 999, if it's your own Bible, Philippians chapter 2 verses 14 through 16. Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, or page 999 in the. I'm going to try to read it in the, the Bible that you're looking at, if you're looking at one of the church Bibles, but if I skip into my other version, just be understandable. So then, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who is working in you, enabling you, both to will and to act for his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. Oh boy, grumbling and arguing. Anybody do that this morning? (laughs) So that you may be blameless and pure, children of God who are faultless in a crooked and perverted generation, among whom you shine like stars in the world, holding firmly the message of life. Well, not only the grumbling and complaining, that's hard enough, but do we shine as stars? Do we shine? The world's a dark place. I'm back at my summer job. It's a dark place. Teaching school is kind of nice. You know, I mean, the kids come in and yeah, there's difficulties. And the staff is a really great staff that I work with. And now I'm kind of out there in, in a world place. <laughs> and it's, uh, it's a dark place. And I have to ask myself, can I let my light shine there? It's not an easy place. Lots of stuff goes on. Lots of temptations are there. And yet, can I let my light shine? And then the Philippians were told to hold firmly the message of life. Can we do that? Can we hold firmly to the message that God loves me? And God loves that person that's next to me. And God loves that coworker that came down and yelled at me yesterday. <laughs> and God loves that customer. And God loves the person that just cut me in line at the supermarket when I'm really in a hurry. Can I can I do that? Am I able to do that with God's help? That's what he calls us to do. Shine as stars in the darkness. That dark sky over the Mediterranean. That dark sky that you can see when you're on the mountains and there's nothing around you. No lights from the city to kind of obscure it. Well, that does it. Can you shine like that? You know, I think about Joseph who the children studied at VBS this week. And wow, did he shine or not? I mean, all those things that happened to him. And, and it just didn't happen once. You know, it just kept happening to him. And yet, he continued to shine. He didn't give up. He held on to the truth that God had a plan and a purpose. And yet, even in the darkness of prison, he didn't give up on that. Well, I want to leave you with a lag- little nagging question that I do. Am I shining? Are you shining? Are you holding on to the truth that God has given you? And are you using that to tell others? Well, the second little reflection from the lake came this. Trouble comes. Obstacles happen. Life happens. Living on the lake, there's lots of wild stuff out there. And the geese are out there. Lovely geese. They are hilarious. Did you ever hear them land in the lake about dusk when you really can't see them and you can just hear them? I mean, it is a mess. They're squawking and squacking and they hit the, they hit the lake. I don't know. They, they turn and tumble. They fall. They can't land very well. They really don't. Especially when they're learning. It is hilarious. And the geese love to eat something green that's not wet. And so they love to eat your lawn. They love to come up. Well, we have two steps that go into the lake. One is recessed, kind of into the wall, and one kind of goes out. Well, the geese never use this one. They always come up this set of of steps, and they kind of waddle up, and they eat the grass, and they leave behind stuff. (laughs) Green stuff. And it makes a mess. So for years, we've chased them around. Mark was a little kid, and that was his job. Grandma said, go chase the geese. And he go chase the geese. Step on the green stuff. <laughs> My neighbor has something, I don't know what this is, but it goes, Pew! and the geese go, Wah! and then run away. I don't really go want to go into that. And you can chase them away only so long, and at this point, the guys are too old, because they just say, no, forget it. <laughs> And uh, so finally, I learned that if you put up fishing line on the steps, that they go out two little pieces of fishing line, like a little railed fence. They come over, they squawk and squeak, and they can't get over the. They can't get over the. They can't get over the, the fishing line. It stops them. A little obstacle like that stops them. And you know, I was reminded that obstacles happen to us. Stuff happens. Turn with me to John sixteen thirty three. It's page 918, so just back a few pages. John sixteen thirty three. page 918. This is Jesus speaking to his friends on the night that he's going to be betrayed by one of his friends, knowing that death awaits him, the physical death that he was going to go through. That God was going to, his father was going to turn his back on him for the first time in all of eternity. The creator of our world was going to have his hands pierced, put on a cross. And he says this to his friends, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. You will have suffering in this world. Be courageous. I have conquered the world. Be courageous. Take heart. I've overcome the world. Stuff happens. You know, those poor geese, all they want to do is eat green grass. All I want to do is get in the supermarket and get out. Why does somebody have to get in front of me that is really slow? You know, why does the cash register have to run out of that white tape? Why does it always run out in front of me? Why is my job to put the paper in the copier no matter where I work? (laughs) Why does toner run out on Sunday morning when you're a pastor? Life happens. It's life stuff. Can you have peace when obstacles get in your way? Well, my nagging question is, has an obstacle or trouble's Stopped you from taking the next step with God? Joseph, sold into slavery, sitting at the bottom of a well, sitting in jail. Did those obstacles stop him? They slowed him down a bit, you know? But it never stopped what God was going to do with him. There was a plan and a purpose in it all. And God has those plans and purposes in our lives. For I have plans I have made for you, he says. Plans to prosper and not harm you. Are you letting those obstacles, whether they're big or small, get in your way? Well, thirdly, the third little reflection is that persistent pays off. You know, on the lake, there's, there's lots of people that come out on the lake in boats, and it gets pretty busy. This afternoon, it's going to be really busy out there. And that means people leave a lot of junk behind. Litter, trash. I could never figure out why on our beachfront everything lands. I mean, everything ends up There. We got bottles and we got glass and we got Dunkin' Donuts cups and I've had wharfs, I've had docks, I've had people's doors. I've yet to find a boat. I'm kind of waiting for like a 15-footer, not too big, <laughs> not a rowboat, maybe a thing with a little vroom vroom on the end, you know. But it hasn't come up yet. But I wondered, how does this all? I mean, I know lakes have currents and winds and all that kind of stuff, but why does it always end up my place to clean up? And this year, I I purchased a kayak, and I've been getting out there in the morning, in the quietness of the morning, and it's really really a nice thing to do. It's been really fun. And uh, so I'm out there kind of kayaking around, and I've noticed there's this stuff. I was on the other side of the lake, north of us, and the current does go north to south. And there was a ball floating around out there. And there was uh, one of those like tubs you keep strawberries in. And I was like, you know, that stuff's going to end up on my do- I know it. It's across the lake. It's going to end up there. And I said, well, at least I'll be able to have a ball. You know, I'll see the ball. I'll see what it is. Sure enough, I'm taking my kayak out of the, <laughs> out of the lake. Going to go get ready for work. There is the, there's that strawberry box right there. And there's the ball bobbing along. Now, the ball didn't quite get to the shore. The ball kept bobbing along. And the first thing it hit, it went a little, the next door neighbor. It hit the rope to his dock. Huh. It's going to keep going. And it does. It bobs along there. And it takes this thing. I'm getting ready for work. I'm going back out. And I'm kind of, now I'm really into this ball. I'm watching it really closely. See, life is really exciting for me. I'm watching the ball. <laughs> And, bo- and it bobs along, and it hits the dock. It's gotten under the rope. It hits the dock. And I think, okay, it's going to go out for it. No, no, it comes shoreline. All right, now I'm having my coffee, and I'm having breakfast. And it bobs along. About 20 minutes later, it's going towards the shore on his side, and it just scoots under the gangplank to his dock and keeps going south. It just didn't stop. It's persistent. It didn't give up. The waves came and the winds came and it just kept bobbing and it kept going. Turn back with me to Philippians chapter 3 if you would. Think about that little ball that just didn't give up versus the strawberry box that is landed up on shore in my recycling box. Chapter 3 verses 12 through 14, page 999 back in your pew Bible. And Paul says this, not that I have already reached the goal or I am already fully mature, but I make every effort to take hold of it because I have also taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. I forget. I strain ahead. That word forgetting is uh, one of those participle things. And I know school's out and that stuff is always hard. But it was something about ongoing and it keeps moving and you keep going and you keep doing it. Yes, it begins. We have to begin to forget at one point. But it's a continuous action of forgetting. And Paul had to do that. He had to forget his past. I mean, this guy had a resume. He had a CV that was, I mean, he was way up there. We kind of forget that. And he was willing to become a tent maker at one point. I mean, that was unheard of in his culture. And yet he was willing to do that. He was willing to forget all the honors that could have been bestowed upon him. And he was willing to become whatever it took to any person to let them know the truth that God loves them that there would be more worship of God. He would forget that. He also forgot, you know, when he first became a convert, when he first became a believer, there were other people that said, oh, I don't trust that guy Paul. Well, why don't I? Well, he, he wasn't a nice guy. <laughs> you know? I mean, he was there holding the coats when Stephen, the first martyr, was killed. Do you ever wonder if that haunted Paul? He had to forget that. And I'm sure he had to continue to forget that. Look at his heart when he cared about people. When he cared about his brother Timothy. That's a guy that he couldn't turn his back and just put that out of his head. He had to continually forget those things. How about Joseph sitting in jail? He had to put that aside. How about when his brothers showed up again? Oh boy, I can get him now. I mean, sibling rivalry and brothers and sisters. I mean, there's always a little thing going on. But can you imagine your brother selling you? And then he has an opportunity to take care of him. And he doesn't. He takes care of him in a loving way. He forgot that stuff. He strained ahead. He looked ahead. What's stopping you? What are some things that you maybe need to forget? Perhaps things that happened to you that maybe never should have happened. Or perhaps there are things in your background. I'm sure Paul had sins of omission and commission. Things that he did and things that he should have done that he didn't do. We all have those. But are there times when we can put those aside, learn from them, and then that process of forgetting, forgiving, bringing them to God, doing what we need to do, dealing with them, and then getting on to what God wants for us. And the last reflection, and I love how faith at at Hope we say this, faith is a team effort. It's a team game. We can't do it alone. It was also the week of uh, birds kind of leaving the nest. There are ducks floating on the water with their ducklings kind of going off, and you know they're they're kind of doing their thing. Mums watching over them, and they're taking their first swim. And birds must be leaving the nest because all those nest raiders are around. Now I'm not a, a bird watcher, but uh, we got a lot of sparrows around. We got a lot of other big birds. I think I saw a hawk. I think I saw a seagull. Both getting chased away by about ten little sparrows. I mean, they were just after them and they were not given up. They had come around. I gather, I mean, I wasn't talking to the hawk, but I kind of figured out that the hawk must have been in their territory trying to get into their nest, probably trying to get one of their little ones. And those sparrows all got together and chased that thing away. And they were just having a, they were just at it top and bottom and side and not giving up. And then one of them would start to tear off and one would go back to the nest and one more. Finally there's one little sparrow just going after the hawk and the hawk is squeaking and squawking. I mean it's a hilarious thing if you get to watch it. It really is funny. These little tiny birds making this big thing just chase away because it thinks it's being attacked by tons of them. And then they all go back to the nest to protect it. What would have happened if they didn't work together? Nothing. They would have lost their babies. And I can imagine how they all felt when they kind of got back to the nest. You know, I kind of see them high-fiving their wings or I don't know, (laughs) doing something. But they must have been excited. Hey, we we saved the nest. And then they knew enough, hey, we better get back because there could be another hawk in the way. And that's what they did. Turn with me, please, to Romans chapter 12, verses 4 to 8, page six, page 965 in your Bible. Romans 12, 4 to 8. Now, as we have many parts in one body, and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way we who are many are one body in Christ, and individually members of one another, according to the grace given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the standard of faith, If service in service, if teaching in teaching, if exhorting in exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. You know, it it takes us all using our gifts that God has given to us to things to work. And if you're trying to live a life of faith by yourself, it's really hard. It doesn't work. You need to be together. You need to be connected someplace. You need to be in a group of people that that know you and you know them. That you're known. A place where, it's not just where people know your name, but it's a place where people know your heart. I have a great friend uh, from, he's actually English. And uh, lives in Northern Ireland and travels all over Eastern Europe. has been doing that for years. And Stuart's lived with us. He's vacationed with us. He's done everything with us. We're on the phone often. You know, kind of the nice thing about all the computers and stuff like that. You can be connected almost wherever you are, pretty close. And uh, he's a night owl, which works well with our time change and things like that. But we talk a lot. And I don't think there's much in Stuart's or my life that we don't know about each other. We just share pretty openly with stuff. Good stuff, bad stuff. Stuff you wouldn't want anybody else to know. But I know there's always somebody, and he knows there's always somebody that knows me. I hope you have somebody like that. I hope you have a place where you are known. A place where then you can serve and use your gifts. A place where you can grow together. place where you can let down your your guard you know Joseph saved Egypt from a famine God gave him the message God warned him that this was going to happen Joseph put together a plan Pharaoh listened to him and said go do it but you know Joseph could not have done it alone he was the idea man but he wasn't a farmer my guess is he probably couldn't build a storehouse. I don't see him with a hammer and nails out there. Somebody had to do all that other stuff. Someone had to load it into the wagons and bring it and store it away. Someone had to protect it. It took everybody to do that. And for each one of us, as we work together, as we use our gifts, as we step out in faith, it takes us all it may be something that you say to somebody that you have no idea what you're saying and God can use that. It might be just working alongside somebody. It might be asking somebody to do something. It might be praying with somebody. You never know how you can touch somebody. You never know. Are you living a life alone? Or are you living it as a team player? Connected as God wants us to do. Well, as I close, I just want to remind you of those nagging questions I asked you about. I know this was kind of a, a little bit from here and there and everywhere. It kind of reminds me of uh, some of the meals we would have after our niece's niece service. It was uh, We ate together after every service. Our service was in the evening, and at night, about 8 o'clock, our service would stop, and people would just sit around for about two hours and just sit there and eat. For whatever anybody brought, we never knew what it was going to be. And I kind of felt like that's what I gave you out of the reflections from God's word today. A little bit of this and a little bit of that. But for some reason, that's what God wanted. But my nagging questions were, are you shining or are you complaining where you are, where God has you? I hope today that you can be shining. hope I can be. Have there some obstacles been put in your path? Maybe small, maybe big. But with God's help, you can overcome them. Are you living in the glory of Or the failures of the past? Are you being persistent, straining ahead and seeing what God wants, that great adventure as you kind of get free from the dock and under the gangplank and floating on your way, letting God's current take you wherever he wants you to go? And then lastly, are you a team player? Are you plugged in someplace? Are you using your gifts and your talents? Are you sharing life with one another? Or are you trying to live as a lone ranger? Let's pray together. Gracious Father, I thank you for the opportunity to open up your word. It's uh, an awesome task and a responsibility. And I pray that somehow your Holy Spirit would use this in my life and in people that are here. That you would open up their hearts. That you'd speak to them. as only you can speak in the quietness now as we enjoy a picnic together on the drive home three days from now, a week from now, whatever your spirit needs to work in our hearts. Father, I pray that you would do that. And I trust that you will, because you've promised to do that. Father, now I put these words into your hands for you to use as you seem best. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.